Well, good day to you, our curious friends. We are really excited about this program today, this podcast, this uh, commute. I don't know what you're doing today, but whatever you're doing, we're glad that you're here joining us. Um, today we have Mike McNeil with Fathers in the Field. Oh, I guess I should say my name's Chris. I, this is my first time doing this. My name's Chris Brown. Um, I'm the family pastor here at Discovery Church. And today we have Mike McNeil with us with Fathers in the Field, who's talking about a super important issue, and that's Fathers fatherless boys. And so, Mike, welcome today. We're excited that you're here. How's your day going? How you feeling? Awesome, man. So grateful to be with you and and just uh, seeing the ministry that Discovery's, Discovery Church is doing here in Colorado Springs is such a blessing. And yeah. appreciate you uh, having me on your podcast, Chris. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you, man. And and Mike, man, there there I have heard your story over and over again, and I love it, and I can't get enough of it. And that, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to have you today is because it's such a beautiful, powerful story. But man, I would I would just love for you to let our friends know, like, hey, what makes Mike Mike? What makes Mike tick? And, and yeah, like, just tell us about it yourself a little bit. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, you know, since you mentioned fathers in the field, got to go back about nine years or longer than that, that... Uh, was pastoring a church and introduced to uh, a couple or to a founder of, of the ministry called Fathers in the Field, and uh, on a fly fishing trip, taking a bunch of pastors fly fishing, All and right. he ended up in my boat. And six hours later of talking and, and hearing more about the ministry, we started it at the church, and and then built a relationship there with the founders, and ended up uh, um, helping them find missionaries nationally to to work with churches and to reach these fatherless boys in the community and um, and through that process, God just said, "Hey, I want you to be a voice." So we had to wrestle quite a bit. And right. I'm surprised I don't walk with a limp, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, and so yeah, so I came on staff nine years ago, just being obedient to be to be a voice, to be a missionary to the fatherless. All right, all right, man, I love that. So going from a fishing trip to Fishing for fathers to for the fatherless. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love that so much. So what drew you to fathers in the field? What what yeah. in that six hours? What was like, yeah, we've got to do this. The intentionality, Chris, um, drive by mentoring just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, and and these boys are hurting. Um, by the time they're 18 years old, they've been abandoned seven times from whether it's stepdads or boyfriends or whatever. Mm. And um, and as a pastor, uh, what really drew me to it was the curriculum that asks questions that men would never think to ask a fatherless boy and really intentionally heal that abandonment wound that these boys carry with them. And, and that's why we see what's going on in our own society with 50% of kids being raised fatherless in the homes and, and all but one school shooting was from a fatherless boy, and mm. um, most of the men in prison are from fatherless, fatherless homes. So we don't. We all know. We can just look around society and say we have a problem. Yeah, I mean, we've been so concerned with with sickness and illness, but man, this is a real this is a real thing, a real pandemic that's sweeping through our society. It's this fatherless, uh, this fatherless home issue. And Absolutely, so, man, man. So, and I mean, I hear you say it's it's the curriculum. It's the curriculum that they, that we get to do uh, with these boys, and so yeah. if if you sign up to do this, if you decide that God's putting this on your heart, it's not something that you have to come up with all on your own. It's something that there's a program for it. Yeah, it's it's an amazing ministry and its intentionality, and um, and you know I say the curriculum is a key piece, and the reason why is because over three years these boys are going to read over 400 passages of scripture. Holy cow! 
And and what these men realize is we can't fix these boys, only Jesus can. Mm -hmm. But when we walk constant and consistent, when we follow through with our commitments— and, you know, some of the things that the, these men that we call mentor fathers, and you don't have to be a dad to be a mentor father. It's just you, you're representing a father figure, a godly man. And uh, when these men follow through with their commitments and they, they go and they pick them up twice a month and bring them to their church, you don't realize the impact it has because these boys don't trust men. So when you say, hey, I'm going to pick you up and you show up, it starts to build that trust. Okay. And with 84% of single moms unchurched, largest unchurched people group in America, that most of these boys are unchurched. And so we're introducing... And what was that percentage again, Mike? 84% Holy of single moms cow. are unchurched. Yeah. 84%. But think about it, Chris. If if you think about these these poor single moms that, you know, they're working full-time or multiple jobs, mm. a lot of them probably working on the weekend and service industry, you know, and they get home and they've got to cook and do all the cleaning and homework and, you know, all of that. And I always tease and say, you know, when... When my wife would go on a women's retreat and I had my three kids, and I know how many you have, yeah, man, brother. We're, we're cooking number eight right yeah. now. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I would have them for the weekend and I couldn't wait to get back to work on Monday yeah. to get a break. <laughs> vacation from yes. vacation. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And that's something that, man, I think it's something that we, we miss so much is that they're trying to fill the role of both parents. And, and they can't. Right. Yeah. And, and they it's not because they're not trying. No, I mean they're they're doing their darndest. Anything outside of God's design doesn't work. There it is. And and you think about these boys and and what they're dealing with when the one man, the one person that should be the pastor, provider, and mm-hmm. protector in the home is removed. So Satan's done a great job in destroying the family. Yeah. And and when that's destroyed, it falls apart because it's out, outside of God's design. And these single moms are just desperate for help. In fact, every time we broadcast, you know, a podcast or whatever it might be, guess who calls us? Single moms. Single moms. All right. Saying, please help me. Mm. Please mm. help me. Man. And, man, that I'm sorry, that 84% is just blowing my mind there a bit. So, um, well... We we you, you mentioned the three years that it's a it's a so it's yeah a, yeah it's a three year one on one intentional mentoring ministry that has a one year commitment at a time okay and the reason why we do a one year commitment at a time is obviously just life happens but mm-hmm. these men make a commitment to these boys in fact you know I was talking about the the commitments that they make and mm-hmm. so they're four contacts a month and really all they're doing is doing life with these boys they're not adding any time they're already going to church right twice I always say twice a month the other two times a month they're out <laughs> fishing or playing golf or having you know whatever fun fishers of men fishers yeah, of fish exactly. all right yeah, all right yeah. all right but uh, the other contact that these men do with these boys is a service project to the elderly and the widows and the church and community and that really surprised me in the impact that it had on these boys, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, um, one of your mentors, Chris Benson, and, and his field buddy, um, Caden, I, yes. I interviewed Caden. I asked him some questions after three years of, of being intentionally mentored. And I said, of all the things you've gotten to do, you know, you've gotten to learn how to ski and snowboard and fly mm-hmm. fish and camp and all this stuff. I said, what was, what was your favorite thing? He said service projects. Really? Because it gives them value and worth. Okay. You think about it, you know, 
a high percentage, two out of three single moms are living in some sort of poverty or receiving some sort of help. Mm. They're so busy. So the last thing they ever think of is serving someone else. These boys have been abandoned. And so that soul wound is that I have no value. Mm. I'm an accident. I'm a mistake. I'm not wanted by by their dad. Mm. And so when they go serve someone else, we actually invite people that are doing the service project to have a ministry to these boys. And it's as simple as this, by them saying to each of these boys, looking them in the eyes and say, thank you. I couldn't have done this without you. They realize, wait a minute, I do have value and worth. Man, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So by being selfless, they're they're receiving that, hey, I have something to offer. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I can give you a funny story. Um, David, one of my field buddies, um, I was in New Mexico traveling with the ministry, and he called me, and his life had come to an end. Mm. His girlfriend broke up with him. Man, that's, you know, that's in rough teenage, time. That's rough time. Rough time. The, the world's coming to an end, you know? And uh, and I said to him, I said, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your own money, go down to the grocery store. I want you to buy some bread and either meat or PBJ or whatever. Make some sandwiches. Go downtown to Acacia Park. Mm-hmm. and hand out food to the homeless, but ask them a question, how did you get here? Nice. Hear their story. Mm. And so I don't hear from them for a few days. I'm thinking, okay, what what's going on, right? Hopefully he's not still yeah. in Acacia Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, worse, because yeah. he had attempted suicide before, oh, you know? And so I call him, and there's this chipper kid on the phone going, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, well, I think you're doing better than me. What's going on? <laughs> And he goes, yeah, me and my buddy, we're making sandwiches again. We've been going down there. He goes, you wouldn't believe some of the stories. You know, a guy that was making six figures in the stock market and got addicted to cocaine and cost him his job and his family and his wife and his mm-hmm. kids, and he's on the street. But, you know, it's that aspect. When you go serve someone else, it just changes your perspective. Man, it does. It really does. Man. I, I, so we, we're talking about Benson. Uh, yeah. Chris Benson, man, he's a stud and a half. Like he was, a, he's a retired colonel or lieutenant colonel in the army. Um, if he wanted to go be a professional fly fishing tour guy right now, he's just he's just amazing. So I mean, he he seems like the um, perfect example of what you want for a mentor father for a for a f- fathers in the field guy because he's in the field all the time. But I mean, that's not what everybody looks like, is it? No, so, no, because you might have a guy that's into you know turning wrenches and building Mm -hmm. cars or doing woodworking or uh, a trail runner, you know, or whatever it might be. The thing about it is, is that what I've learned, and and I learned this early on in my marriage, is that all of us guys have these hobbies, things that we love to do. And it always creates conflict between us and our brides (laughs) and, and, and the Lord. And so to be able to have that gift and not to know what to do with it. And so what we want to do is just keep guys in their comfort zone. Whatever you love to do, teach that to a fatherless boy. Hmm. And then fathers in the field and the local church, and there's a leadership team in the church that that oversees it. It's lay-led ministry in the church. And, and so providing all the training and resources and materials to then address that abandonment wound. Hmm. And so we're just saying to guys, man, if you'll just take a fatherless boy and do life with them, you know, because the other contact that they do is, you know, we talked about the service project, so that's a couple hours a month. You know, they're already going to church and then um, twice a month. And so the fourth contact is going through the journey guide I mentioned, a devotion, and just go do something fun, whatever you love to do. And what 
what men don't realize is that the impact that they have in these boys with the unspoken word, mm. how they speak to their bride, how they interact with their children, those type of things that deeply impact these boys because they've never seen it before. Gotcha. They, they don't see how a, a father, a husband is supposed to fill that role and what, what is supposed to happen because it's, it's absent in their life. Yeah, yeah. they've never seen Man. it. It's a foreign concept. Man. You know, it's just like David one day walked in my house and he goes, oh, I'm so angry at my mom. And I said, oh, what'd she do today? You know, <laughs> he goes, well, nothing. But I see how you speak to your wife. I see how you speak to your children and your grandchildren. And my mom's a threatener, a yeller, a screamer. And I said, you know what, David? I said, let's give some grace to your mom. She's doing the best she can with the tools she has. They're just not good tools. There you go. It's like, you know, plowing a field with a fork. You can do it, but it's not very effective. Right. But I said, here's the difference. You've now seen a different way. Mm. It's up to you. It's your choice how you're going to speak to your bride, how you're going to speak to your children and your grandchildren. Mm. And I just left it there. You know, I always say a great mentor asks great questions without emotion and without expecting a response. Okay. And uh, even David called me four and a half years later from South Africa. He's doing a mission trip to orphans and widows of all things in South Africa. And he calls me and he says, hey, he says, you know, you said something to me four and a half years ago that's haunted me. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> what was it? And he goes, you asked me the question, why do you talk to your mom the way you do? Mm. And I just left it there. And he said, I, I figured it out. And I said, good. What did you figure out? And he goes, really bad coping skills. That's, <laughs> that's a good answer. Man. Yeah, but, you know, he realized it. You know, he was just deflecting his shortcomings, and he just knew that he could get her, his mom off, derailed off of the the actual issue if he just acted nasty to her. Pushed a certain button. Yeah. yeah. And to see how he speaks to his mom now is just such a blessing. Man, that's so cool. So... Man, and it sounds like I want to get more into David in yeah. a minute. Um, no. So I don't want to just jump off no. of that. But I mean, we got we got four points of contact. Two yep. of them are are just going to church with him. Yep, uh, going to church with him and just uh, experiencing worship, experiencing the Word together. Um, the Christian family, the Christian family. Yeah, yeah, man, and and hopefully you get more guys in with that too, and just them getting to be around more men and everything with exactly. that. Yeah. Um, so that's a beautiful thing. And then you've got. Um, the service project, which is looking outside of yourself once again, and and not just giving value, but knowing that you have value, yep, which is beautiful, and then seeing the value in the word, in the study, and how your heavenly Father views you, yeah, not just how your earthly Father views you. Well, yeah, so, because you think about it, Chris. Let's just be honest. Every person, specifically men. Mm -hmm. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father has a direct reflection of what our relationship was with our earthly father. Good or bad, it just does. Right. You know, and for a lot of these boys, why would I want to have a relationship with a Heavenly Father when my earthly father abandoned me, beat me, abused me, right? And so, man, that's a deep soul wound. I, I don't know of any other soul wound that's deeper than a father's love that would reject you. And for to help them understand that... We have a heavenly father that created us for a purpose, that we have value and worth, and, and that he'll never leave or forsake us. That's the reason why scripture says over a hundred times to care for the orphan widow. It's the biggest heart issue of God Almighty, Abba Father. In fact, I'll just throw this out there for all your listeners. Go look up Exodus 22, 22 through 24. Mm. 
and I'm not even going to share what it says, but <laughs> but that's that's how serious God takes the heart of these these children. I mean, he put it in the Levitical law. All of the minor prophets had you know this multiple things against the Israelites, but three consistent things that they always brought up was idolatry, adultery, and not caring for the orphan and widow. Mm. Man. It's God's heart. It is, man. Sorry, I'm getting a little all teary over here. I uh, just think about all that. Like um, here, at discovery. A, a big part of our of our thing is going after the the men's heart and everything. We do that with Wild at Heart. We do that yeah. with the Three Column Study, and we've been doing this uh, becoming king. Thank you for the tissue, Steve. <laughs> goodness, thank goodness this isn't being video recorded anymore. Goodness, man. Um, but uh, now with uh, becoming a king and. And man, that just fits right in the vein of like, man, if we can get this at an earlier age, if we can help with this wound and and everything in the earlier age, it's it's just going to become uh, more complete men, uh, men who are ready to fight the battles at the beginning um, it, instead of later in life. Yeah, it's changing generations. Yeah. It's legacy. In fact, a crazy statistic, 85% of boys that have been abandoned by their father will repeat that same generational sin. Man. The other 15% become the CEOs, CFOs. I can prove to my dad that he can love me through my success. Am I worth it now? Yeah. And and it's not. Mm-hmm. It, and I saw that in my own father that was abandoned to his alcoholic mom. And his whole life, he was trying to prove that his dad could love him through his success, and it never happened. Mm. When I shared this ministry with my dad probably 12 years ago, he literally got up and walked away from the table four times. <laughs> my grandfather's long dead, but that wound is still there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, man, that's so good. Our, our One of our... Uh, Church's purpose is is redefining Christianity, right? And our our kids thing is defining Christianity. I see this fathers in the field program is is that right now is you know instead of receiving and sitting in that father wound for so long until you finally deal with it, you have a man to come in and help you with that right away. And so this three year journey um, that the mentor father and the field buddy get to do together, um, what what does that journey look like? Like. Obviously, you don't just dive in and be like, well, tell me what you don't like about your dad. You know, you don't just dive in there, but like you start where and you end what with what? Yeah. So really it starts off as, can I trust you as a man Hmm. and this Jesus that you believe in? Because the men in in my life so far, because you said seven, right? By by this time, there's about seven men that have abandoned these boys um, in that course. And so they don't trust men. Why should I trust you? Yeah. Yeah. And so it may take a year for those boys to even open up or even speak to you or, or talk about anything, mm. but the curriculum takes them through the process, and, it, and the curriculum is not from a victim mentality. Okay. It is from a, a point of just as they need to forgive their father, mm. they need to receive forgiveness. Okay. So by year three, we actually walk them through a process, but we don't make them do it, Chris, okay. and that is to write a letter to their dad. All right. Whether he's alive or dead, whether he knows him or not, forgiving him for what he has done that was so deeply wrong. Because, see, we live in a society that says you don't need a dad. Big boys don't cry. And that's Mm. just a lie. These boys are angry and they should be angry. And we should let them be angry because they're hurt. Yeah. And say what he did was wrong. 
And and so as they go through that process, because you and I both know forgiveness isn't about the other person. <laughs> oh man, it's all about you. Bud. It is, man. It's what we hold and harbor deep in our soul. Yeah. And to open that up and allow those boys to realize that just as Christ forgave them of their sins, mm. that they're to forgive their dads. Yeah, man. Oh. And when that happens, there's so much freedom that happens, and that's going to change generations. Mm. Because they're now learning that they can trust a man. Yes. And that they can trust God, Mm -hmm. that he was created for a purpose, that he died for their their sins. And I I tell you, as a ministry, I've never seen any ministries in the church that I've seen so many boys come to faith in Christ than any other ministry. And the uniqueness of the ministry, because it impacts children's ministry and youth ministry, it impacts our women's ministry because they're ministering to the single moms, it impacts our men and men's ministry, and most importantly, it's our mission. Yeah. It's our Jerusalem. And it's amazing how many pastors, Chris, say to me, well, where do you find the boys? And I'm like, oh, Lord, right? Uh, It's a biblical mandate. Just walk outside. Yeah. The the chances are two kids walking down the street, one of them's fatherless. Mm. Man, oh man! So, three-year commitment—that seems like a big deal. But I mean, it's not—it's not something that you haven't done. I mean, you're not just out here being like, "Hey, Kirby, hey, uh, hey, Joe, hey, Jody." You know, like, do you want to do this? Because I don't have time for it. I mean, you—you've done this whole thing. You, yeah. And I always love it. I always say to guys that say, "Well, I just don't have time." I'm like, mm. I said, "Well, let me just share something with you." There's 24 hours in a day. You and I can probably get certain things done faster than the other, but the matter of the fact is the only excuse I ever accept from a man that says, hey, here's the deal. I go, here's the excuse. Mm. I'm selfish, and I don't want to do it. Because the bottom line is, Chris, you and I make time for what things are important to us. Yeah. And when are we going to make God's heart important to us and what he's passionate about, which is the orphan and widow? And, And literally, we're just inviting him into our home. And so, you know, obviously I always say to guys that are interested in being mentors, you need your wife's blessing, because if you don't, there's something wrong in the marriage. Mm -hmm. And then sit down with your kids. You know, we talk about tithing, but we never talk about tithing daddy's time and saying, hey, would you be willing to tithe some of daddy's time to allow a fatherless boy to come and hang out with us a few hours a month? Come on. Yeah. And you're teaching your kids missions. Yeah. This is what... This is what the family, this is what the family of God does is we care for one another. We go make disciples. Yep. It's discipleship 101, man. Yeah. Uh, we got a guy in our church, uh, in, in the church, and uh, Todd Emmert. Man, he just, yeah, he intentionally was like, I want a kid that's my kid's age, you know, that that's in that age range. And man, they, he just continually is inviting that boy into his home, into everything that they're doing. And uh, it's just, it is amazing to see. It's just so cool because... Now his sons, they're they're good friends with, with Chris, and it's just it's it's a cool thing to see. It's just really awesome to to see how he has not just tithed financially, but but has done his treasures and his talents and and his time. It's just it's so cool to see that. And so yeah, man, that's a that's a good word that it's not just money that we're doing. It's it's our time yeah. as well. Yeah, that's awesome. and that's the most precious thing to our children is our mm-hmm. time. Yes. It really is. It is. And to invite them into, this is what the family of God does is we care for others. Mm. And the impact that it has on the family. And every man calls me and goes, Mike, I'm getting more out of this than the boy. And I just always laugh, <laughs> laugh and go, yeah, good luck out blessing God. Yeah, no joke. Right? 
Yeah, man, test me in this. Yeah, yeah. no joke. Yeah. Um, so, well, talk about blessings and things that you've seen and things that you've learned. Like, man, what what are some what are some highlights that you've got that of like, man, this is how God used this organization, God used this ministry to change not just your life, your wife's life, uh, maybe some of your mentor. Uh, buddies, uh, your field buddies, and everything, uh, their lives. Yeah, there's so many different stories, but you know, it's always more personal when it's someone that's in your life, yes, right? Yes, sir. And uh, we, you know, we focus on boys seven to seventeen because mm-hmm. um, younger than seven, they're still really attached to mom. And seventeen, most of them are getting ready to graduate. Yeah. And uh, church champion called me and said, "Hey, I've got this seventeen-year-old kid that uh, mom's reached out," and I said, "I want to meet him." Mm-hmm. And so I met with this young man when he was 17, and uh, he was only a sophomore in high school because he'd been held back. Okay. And uh, and I said to him, I said, hey, if you're all in, I'm all in. And it took him about a month to finally call me back to say, yeah, okay, I, I think I want to do it. And I said, dude, I don't do I think. Mm-hmm. We're either all in or not. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I want to do it. I said, no. He goes, okay, I'm all in. There it is. But here's a young man addicted to drugs, sexual addiction, and he attempted suicide. Mm. And... I did nothing, Chris. I just showed up. Just showed up. I was just constant and consistent, you know, and they asked David, you know, they were interviewing him and saying, you know, of all the fun stuff you've gotten to do with Mike and pack trips and hunting and fishing and hiking and, you know, all this stuff, what was your favorite thing? And he said, none of that. Really? None of that. He goes, Mike was always there my deepest, darkest time. Mm. Mm. Just being present. Just being present. Being faithful. Yeah, Showing being up. obedient. Yeah, you know, and so that's the commitment is just follow through with your commitment. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. You you don't have to know it all. Mm. You just have to be present, and you have such a great support behind you as a mentor. You're not out there on your own, you know, because the church is overseeing it. And you have church champions that are holding you accountable, and then communication and and protection and safety and all those things. And so the only way I can word it is in, is it's like sitting on the front court of an NBA basketball championship. All right. And you have a front row seat to watch Jesus move in these boys' lives. Mm. And and that's what happens. And and to see them to come at faith in Christ. My wife and I would just look at each other and go, who is this kid, right? <laughs> who is this kid? Most selfish, self-centered individual, just such a servant in uh, – and just to see what God does in their lives. Because again, we can't save them, right? We can't fix them. Right. Only Jesus can. Right. And when we point people to the Father and when we're in God's Word and they're memorizing, they're reading Scripture, it's the Word that impacts man. Mm. Yes. And man, you've talked about, you've said this multiple times now, but the church champion. Yeah. Um, so it's not just field buddy, mom, and uh, mentor father, there, there's, there's other components in this. Yeah. So what, what, what am I trying to ask here? I'm trying to ask, like, hey, how, how do you get involved to be an advocate for, for these boys? Like, yeah. how, how do you, how do you get involved with that? If, if you don't feel like you're being called to be a, a mentor father, what else is there? Yeah, that's a. I, I really appreciate that question because there's so many ways to become an advocate. Okay. It could be as simple as because this ministry is not a parachurch ministry. Mm-hmm. We come alongside and equip the local church to have their own ministry because it's Christ Bryden is a ministry. We believe in the local church. Yes. And so Chris, literally all of us missionaries, we raise our own support mm. to volunteer our time to, to pastors, to you and to your church, which I don't know any other ministries that actually do that. Right. 
And so we're a trusted counselor and advisor. We provide all the materials and training and resources. But as an advocate, this is what you can do. If the ministry is not in your church, get get me, get one of our missionaries an hour meeting with your pastor to be able to share the biblical mandate to care for and love and disciple these fatherless boys and and to reach out to these single moms in their community. And so that's one great way of being an advocate. Another way of being an advocate is that if your church is doing the ministry, you could be a church champion. Mm -hmm. And church champion is one that the pastor chooses to lead the ministry because it's lay-led, and so they oversee the ministry and do single mom interviews and all these type of things. Another way, obviously, is being a mentor. Yeah. Um, and and also, you know, if you know single moms, you hey, know, just talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be a voice, right? And and like I mentioned too, I'll just be honest. We raise our own support, so mm-hmm. support the ministry so that we can go battle and yes. be a voice for you, mm-hmm. right, on behalf of the fatherless. Yes. And that's what we do. Man, that's awesome. That is so awesome. That is so good. Um. Man, and it's it's funny. Like I I heard about this this ministry. How long have we been doing this? Uh, three years ago, uh, five. No, it has not been that long. Holy cow, five years. That's ridiculous. Um, but I mean, just everywhere I turn, there seems to be uh just another mentor father. Um, I just finished coaching uh uh my boys' middle school football team, and I've I had a boy on that team who was talking about his mentor father. I was like. Oh my goodness. Like, that's awesome. Like, and so we got to talk about that after the game and stuff like that. It's just like, it's everywhere. Just look for it. Don't be afraid to ask. And, and man, yeah. Uh, true religion, right? True right. religion. James one twenty seven. Yes, sir. James one twenty seven. Uh, care for the orphans, care for the widows. And, yeah. and man, let's, let's do that together. Um, man, Mike, is there, is there anything that you want to say here, man, uh, to, to wrap us up, to kind of end us off and, I would just have to add this. Yes, sir. It's Abba's heart. Mm. It's Abba's heart. Daddy's heart. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord's heart. And all of us, all of us are mandated by Scripture to do something. The sad fact, Chris, is, is that single moms and fatherless boys don't bring resources into churches. Mm. They're going to cost you. Yeah. God doesn't care. Right. That's his heart. Mm. And he's mandated us to care for the orphan and widow. It's the number one society we face or social issue we face in America. And we can all make a difference by just being an advocate, being a voice, getting churches involved and caring for these fatherless boys and these single moms. The impact is eternal. Chris, I'm just going to tell you, because of your church's obedience, Mm -hmm. there are going to be thousands and thousands of people coming up to you in heaven saying, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Man, yeah, we get so caught up in the right here, right now mm-hmm. that sometimes we forget that what we're doing is eternal for forever. Yeah, yeah, this isn't just a well, one day we're going to die and it's not going to matter. But yeah. this is this is an eternal thing. This is an eternal battle that has been waging for a long time, and we're in it. So, and, and how I good. put it is, let us all go behind enemy lines, yeah, and snatch these boys out of Satan's hands. Let's get it. Man, I love that so much. Mike, thank you so much for being here with us. Guys, if you have um, any questions about Fathers in the Field, if you want to get to know about this program, you can always uh, get on Facebook or uh, hit us up online. 
Um, and we will get with you, or you could just see us on Sunday morning. For those of us who aren't at Discovery, um, shoot, you can. Uh, g- is there a website they can yep. go to? Yep, www.fathersinthefield.com. Fathersinthefield.com. And yep. man, uh, they'll reach out to you too. So, Mike, thank you so much for being here with us today. Bless we you. love you. Just love what you're doing and just going to continue to pray for you as we do this. Curious friends, thank you for being here with us as well. Uh, this is episode six, right, Steve? Man, number six. We are getting it going. So that's awesome. So, um, yeah, be looking for podcast number seven. It's going to be coming out uh, anytime. And, uh, man, we hope that you guys are having a wonderful day. Hope that you guys are having a wonderful time. And, hey, stay curious. We love you. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Curious Friends podcast. If you want to find out more about our guest, please check the show notes. If you would like to get connected with us, we would love to hear from you. And you can do that by sending us a DM on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email us at curiousfriendspodcast at discovery.church. If you like this podcast, please share it with someone. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Please join us next time for some more great conversation. And like always, stay curious, friends.